0: Good morning, everybody. We made it. We made it to Friday. It's Casual Friday, October 14th, 2022, here in Hangouts and Headlines. And I am so, so happy to be here with you all. As you probably saw from the thumbnail slash title, we're going to talk about prices. Very specifically, we're going to be talking about Disney prices. So if you've got Disney World, Disneyland stories, uh, or just Disney Media Interactive Entertainment stories, we're going to talk about those a little bit. We're going to have fun looking at their upcoming slate of movies, which I would describe as bereft of imagination, but that might be giving it too much credit. Uh, Folks, just to give you my tilt by editorial on these kinds of things, I'm a big Disney fan. Went to Disney World a lot when I was a kid. Uh, Had a lot of fun at Disney World. We have signs up for the family talking about the number of times that we went. And uh, we're going to talk about people getting priced out, priced out of actually attending. And we're also going to be talking about business questions. We talk a lot about fiduciary duties here, right? Uh, And fiduciary duties, for those of you that don't know, are essentially that the management of a company, the board of a company, has an obligation to go take this money that has been given to them by other people. That's what a corporation is. It's an investment of other people's money. They have an obligation to go and try to make that grow. Um, And different people will have different opinions on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But right now, the way the laws work, and we do like to talk about the way the laws actually work and not how we wish them to work here in virtual legality and Hangouts and Headlines, uh, is that those people have an obligation to see exactly how they can grow it best. But that doesn't mean that just making as much money as possible over a short term is the best way to make money for the investors on the whole, right? Because Disney or any other large company could just sell all of its assets today. Could just sell all of its assets today, get a big pile of money, distribute it out to the shareholders. But is that the most money they could make? Is that the best thing they could do for the company? In almost all certain instances, the answer is no, obviously, right? That you don't just sell all the assets for your operating company. Uh, And so we always have this conversation about what you do in the short term versus what you do in the long term. And I'm going to posit that Disney is sacrificing long-term sustainable growth for short-term explosive growth and that that is, as suggested by the thesis, a big problem for a company of this type over the long term. Hey, Staris. Good morning. Thank you for becoming a YouTube member. Enjoy the emojis. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for supporting the channel. I really, really appreciate it. Where is everybody hanging out from? What's everybody doing this weekend? What have you been doing this week? How do you feel about all this? We're going to talk about the actual specifics of the price increases, as well as a deadline article that actually goes over exactly how much it has increased during the last five years, which might shock you, I believe I described it on my Twitter as roughly equivalent to the American university system. And I think Disney might be larger in its increases, depending on which school we're talking about. So a lot of fun to be had today. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you this morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Hi from Melbourne, Australia. We got a -A 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 Dallas, Texas here. TGIG, I don't recognize. I don't recognize that one. Good morning from West Virginia, Hoag family. Oh, West Virginia. Very fun. I never went to Disney World. Disneyland? Neither Disney? Disneyland Paris. they have one in China? I think they have one in China. Disney Shanghai. Disney Tokyo. I think it's actually Tokyo Disney Sea. Probably build one on the moon uh, at some point. Uh, Disney is, according to Kelly, excuse my French. So she's not talking about Disneyland Paris. Too expensive. Too expensive. I'm shortening the French this early in the broadcast, but maybe maybe we'll get to that point. We're talking about Disney. I agree. By the way, good morning from Daytona Beach, Florida. Disney is fifty-two miles away, and I can't afford to go. I think this is a story we're going to hear more and more and more. And I think that's a problem for the company. Um, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Good morning from the sleepy and probably late Jones house. Probably late is an okay way to live. I I don't know if you're you're working on kids' mornings, but often it's a scramble Uh, and co-counsel. My wife here is a miracle worker getting the kids to school on time. Although I did learn this the other day. If the kids who are not of driving age, right? If the kids arrive at school late, they get a tardy. And if they get three of those tardies, they get a detention. And I said, well, that's unequitable. That is unjust. <laughs> My daughters are not in charge of when they walk into that building, right? That That is on us. Give us a tardy. You want to come talk to me, Ms. Principal, we'll have, have a conversation uh, about, uh, about getting the kids to your school. But why, why would you punish them for things that are outside of their control? Is this like a life lesson? Life sucks, kid. You're occasionally going to get punished for things that you didn't do. <laughs> I mean, that never happens, right? Uh, so I don't love that system. I don't think it's their fault. Don't think we should be encouraging that kind of thought process in our young people. Uh, but that does happen as well uh, let's see here. What else? Jessica Lambert. Wahoo. Hangouts and headlines. Just what I need on a Friday morning. Hoag from Manchester. And I love the fact it's Disney Friday, my sort of Friday. Disney, even though I had a bad experience at Disney, still love it. I like that. That's, that's even though you didn't have a great time, the one time you went or at the last time you went, uh, you still like it. I, I have, I have a deep nostalgic family history related love of, of Disney World, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's a shame to see what's happening with respect to pricing out certain demographics in favor of other demographics, um, and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, I, I, I've loved it forever, um, but uh, things have gotten a little crazy there, so that's, that's my tilt, right? You don't have to agree with that. Reasonable minds can differ. Uh, I'm welcoming of all comments on that. Hello from Wisconsin, back from the dead one. Hello, Wisconsin. I grew up in Anaheim. Disneyland was special back then. Now, dang money grab. tend to agree, Kim. I tend to agree. We're going to have solace with each other. It's going to be casual Friday, but we're going to talk about the increasing prices of these kinds of things. Definitely. Morning from Massachusetts. Happy Yay. Nice. I like it. It is Yay. We made it. (laughs) It's been a week. I'm a big Disney fan, but when it comes to the movies, this current phase is too dark for me. Willing to pay for great and uplifting content. Too dark. When you say phase, do you mean the MCU I break the news? Do you mean the Marvel content? I'm curious about this. Because, like, Doctor Strange was certainly very dark. Um, Thor, I guess, was kind of... Thor was stupid. All right, we're just going to... We're going to lay it all out there, right? This is... Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, I finally got to see it, um, is stupid. It's a stupid movie. Um, it has some. It has some screenshots that are okay. It has some moments that are okay it is an inherently silly film that can't get tone control uh under control and uh i think went way 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 too far uh in terms of just absurdity so this is my take on thor love and thunder uh, which i don't even know whether it was prompted or not by this question (laughs) that's right casual friday you're getting it all when i hear my thoughts wait want to hear my thoughts on any streaming movie television show or anything else chat up chime in (laughs) Morning from Oklahoma. Been to Disneyland in the 80s and barely remember, but never Disney World. Yeah, I think the 80s were maybe the, the strongest time um, in uh, in the Disney parks. 80s, 90s, maybe. Uh, old Possum, I went to Disney Park in like 1971. That is the start of Disney World. Uh, I'm cheap as an adult. It ain't happening. <laughs> to the moon and back. Laughing emoji, rocket emoji. Yes, Disney hopes that they're... Stock goes to the moon and back. I have my doubts is the way they're being run right now, but we'll see. I was at Walt Disney World 30 years ago, come Halloween, wow, time flies. Yeah, don't you hate actually having to say those numbers? Yeah, I have to say those numbers too. Now it just seems super expensive to stand around more and go on less rides. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing of it is, right, rides, infrastructure, buildings, they don't upkeep themselves. Right, So as they get older, they actually should be spending more on maintenance. And if you've been there in the recent past, maybe the last five years, I think you'll see uh, that it isn't quite as shiny as it used to be. It doesn't quite operate as well as it used to. The cast doesn't quite act quite as friendly uh, as they used to. It's not special. It's not as magical anymore. And uh, when you combine that with the rate increases, we will see in the articles we're going to look at today I don't think that's a recipe for success. And honestly, the numbers that they are getting up to are like, go travel the world for less, maybe half as much as going to Orlando, Florida and going and visiting a theme park. Um, So yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> well, we'll see. Hey, how about this, Disney Nerd eighty five? You know, this is no surprise really. This particular uh, comment, you can see the Epcot ball, which I love as a view in the background. I'm leaving for Disney World next Saturday, the twenty second, and it's my two and a half year old niece's first trip. Smiling, blushing emoji. Enjoy it, Disney Nerd. Enjoy it. Have a lot of fun with that. That is actually maybe a little bit older. Uh, when my daughter started calling uh, the Spaceship Earth here big Bali, um, and was crying on the bus going away saying goodbye big bali and it was uh it was sad it was sad but also memorable and it's nice to go on those family trips aviation fanatic my last trip to disney was 1984 it's a small world song is still stuck in my head yeah i think you're right about halfway through the 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 life of it's a small world in your head so only only a number 30 35 more years uh, and it'll probably it'll probably just shake right out of there i actually love it's a small world so uh, Sardinisms, we do have a pretty cool amusement park an hour or so from my house. A couple school trips happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. Um, uh, my school generally went to Cedar Point, which is in Sandusky, Ohio, which is a roller coaster park. Uh, if you're more familiar with things in like California, magic mountain, uh, six flags, uh, that kind of park. And, uh, we used to go there all the time. I prefer the theme park. I prefer kind of the, the story and the the world building and the lore of your, of your theme park. Uh, but I do love a good roller coaster as well. Uh, Callista, the pandemic messed up my last planned Disney trip. Hopefully we can plan another in a couple of years. Yeah, hopefully we can. Hopefully we can. Um certainly I agree with that. Uh, we'll see if if we go back. I mean, you're at a point now where you're you're saving just huge amounts of money in an environment economically uh, that maybe that's maybe that's not uh, the the right move. So we'll see. Aaron Morgan, never been to any Disney, have a severe latex allergy, not the place to hang out. So many balloons. There are a lot of balloons. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see that, Aaron. I'm sorry to hear it. Hello from Dublin, Ireland. I've been to Disneyland and Euro Disney Paris. Yeah, is it called Euro Disney? I think that's right. I think that's right. <clears throat> I went to Disney World about 20 years ago. Didn't realize how expensive the food and drinks were. <laughs> One of the jokes I have with co-counsel right now is we, we'll go out to a restaurant or we'll door dash something or what have you and it used to be that you would have the costs in the real world right that you're living in um for food and drink and just living um and uh okay you understood what those bills would be you go to the CVS it's going to be this you go to this kind of restaurant it's going to be about this and then you'd go to Disney World and it would maybe have a 50 to 100% kicker and you would go into that space in the first day or two and you'd be like oh my god <laughs> these these restaurant bills uh, and then you'd kind of get used to it if, if your trip was uh, substantial enough and then you'd come back, you'd come back and real world, like, Oh my God, it's so cheap. It's like, uh, it's like batters in batting practice, swinging the bat around with the weights and then you take them off. You're like, Oh, that's lovely. But my joke right now in 2022, uh, is, you know, when we go to a restaurant and I say, Oh, the, the bills, the bills jumped up to Disney prices. We just live in Disney world now. And Disney world is just, <laughs> just forget about it. Right. But, yeah, you go to a restaurant, it's like, oh, these numbers. I remember they, this used to be what I was uh, shocked by when I used to arrive in Orlando. No more. No more, friends. Stay safe out there. Ophelia, good morning from Austin, Texas. Good morning, Ophelia. Marissa, just with a happy emoji. I'm happy too, Marissa. Nice to see you here this morning. Morning from Pflugerville, Texas. Good morning, Pflugerville. Good morning, Laura. Here's Here's Britt. With the ever-supportive Super Chat, Britt, I am so thankful. I appreciate it. I have an idea to keep prices low. All right, let's hear it. I'm ready. Stop taking your big franchise IPs, intellectual properties, and running them into the ground with bad decisions on movies and shows. (laughs) You know what? Casual Friday today might just be a little bit spicy. Toss Disney Plus and go back to making money from streaming services without the overhead, meaning selling their content to a Netflix or a Peacock or whatever other random assortment of letters the tech company is designed to put forward uh, in in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Although I will say this, I really like Andor. So they put out like 20 shows, 30 shows, whatever. Uh, I like one. So, you know, it's not the best batting average, but I'm glad it exists. That show does at least. Uh, But I agree, they, they want to do this thing. They're not doing it well, but hopefully they get better at it. Question mark. We're going to look at their upcoming movie slate, and I don't know about you. I will tell you it makes me sad. I think it's going to make a number of people sad, especially when you remember that Disney has bought up all of these intellectual properties, right? By buying Fox, they have the bulk of the intellectual properties probably on Earth (laughs) in terms of culture and media and things like that. So if they don't do it right, if they don't put out a slate that is exciting, it's a little bit tricky to get around um, for the other companies and I, I think disney might actually kill movie theaters we can go into all sorts of different areas on this conversation we're gonna have fun today thank you so much for the super chat brit i really appreciate it i went to disney world when splash mountain was just built e-tickets so expensive now smiling emoji well they're rebuilding the ticket system right it used to be you could go into disney world uh, and they'd have this book of tickets and you'd have the right to go on the big rides a certain amount of times. Those were the E level rides and the D and the C and the B and the A all, going back backwards that way to the to the lighter ride. So like A is going to be something like the carousel. And I'm not saying that out of personal experience. I'm just saying it's it's something like that. Carousels, a splash mountains, E, that kind of that kind of spread. And we're going to talk about if you don't know what Disney World has been doing over the past two years, how they've been slicing off the actual kind of access and charging you for it again, even as they've raised ticket prices like 37%. Dear God. Um, Then we've got some news for you. I mean, we're just going to talk through the business model because that's interesting. Uh, Mary Resnick, yep. Would love to take the kids to Disneyland. Live close, but the cost is hard to justify. Happy Friday. Yeah, and so like that's without a flight and without a hotel, right? Probably. Uh, That is, yeah, it's just hard to believe. They are pricing out an entire swath Of the american public and it's um i don't think it's wise i don't think it's wise kelly says i can only imagine what it costs now oh we're gonna you don't have to imagine if you're here for hangouts you stay for headlines we're gonna talk about it we are gonna talk about it terry browning morning hogue fam and a wonderful chat yes good morning chat i want to say by the way you all have been wonderful all week just a wonderful chat experience all week um, and that is all on you. I don't, I don't, give yourselves a clap, a pat on the back. I, I don't know how, whatever that would look like emoji. <laughs> uh, but, um, you guys have been absolutely great. Uh, and it buoys me every day to see you guys, um, you know, talking about the show on Twitter, on social media, um, just going about your business in this chat this morning. It is, uh, uh you guys are awesome. You guys are absolutely awesome. Sardinism is how to teach kids to resent parents and teachers, both one-on-one. That's the tardies, right? Oh, I just don't even understand it. Good morning from Texas. We were on the fence about price before. Now we really can't afford it unless we save for over a year or so. Unhappy emoji. He's down. He's crestfallen. I'm going to call that crestfallen emoji. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's Sarah. Uh Uh-oh. There you go. Being reasonable again. Again. Guilty as charged. Insert Breaking Bad gif. <laughs> uh, my issue with Euro Disney earlier this year was the queuing and broken rides, waste of a day. Even though I love Disney, yep, yep. We're gonna talk about their excuses for raising prices, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about why I don't uh, I don't find them to be terribly sincere. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, understanding the Teltas, I, I think they're making bad decisions. So you have to you have to take my opinion on these things with that grain of salt. Morning from rainy Rhode Island. I've never been to Disney. Have a good day. All right. Uh, Kelly Clancy, I mean, we'll up Six Flags attendance and universals, I would gather. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Morning, everyone from Maryland. Busy day in the spooky house working on products for craft show in two weeks. Nice. Does your house have a room that becomes like just a, a craft setup with with things getting ready? Because ours, ours does sometimes. I will not let my cricket machine win. We have talked about crickets here in Hogue House. Uh, Apple Pie, if you don't mention Kingdom Hearts at least twice, unrelated to the Super Chat, I will have trust issues. Here's my question, Apple Pie. Will my mentioning of Kingdom Hearts elsewhere actually handle your trust issues? I mean, if you're not trusting me to talk about one of Disney's biggest brands and that simulates Disney World in a Square Enix environment with Kingdom Hearts, I, I don't know. I don't know what I can do to help that particular situation, but we'll see if we'll work it in uh, some other time. Personally, I think Disney Dreamlight Valley is, is the better kind of, uh, it's kind of like Disney world or what we imagine Disney world to be when we're kids, especially Sardinisms. Didn't they also get rid of the seating throughout the park or did they backpedal on that? They got rid of a bunch of different areas during a remodel. They created standing places for fireworks and things, which of course they charged for. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's all gotten a little bit icky. Um, again, I've used that term before. It is a legal term of art, Black's Law Dictionary. Icky, yeah. Grew up with Disneyland in California. E-tickets. Calista, regarding tardy kids, I had a girl in my class who literally lived next door to the school. She was 15 minutes late every day. We're pretty sure she was hiding outside her house smoking. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Well, in this particular instance, it's just a matter of, hey, did the train pass by the school this morning? Uh, did traffic get to be too much on the left-hand turn? And are you two minutes late? Then you're getting a tardy like you're at the beginning of Back to the Future. Um, and it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You are a tiny person. I just, I just feel it sends the wrong message, right? I really do. Like that's, that's unjust. You do not penalize people for things outside their control. That is a lack of justice. Um, and yeah, my kid's school, you know who you are, (laughs) uh, snow flurries in Minnesota this morning. Wow. I'm not looking forward to that at all. Minnesota. I can't lie. Not my favorite bit of, of, Michiganism. Chris says, I've never been to any of the Disney theme parks either. Would love to go one day though. Yeah. I think it's an experience. It's, it's quite a wild thing to see. Uh, it was just crazy. You save up for whatever, five years to go see it. If the, if if anything is broken, if the experience is not premium, then I, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fully in the like, Nope, that's the, I I, I paid for more. You better take care of it kind of thing. And I suspect a lot of other people are the same way. And I think that's part of the spiral of defeat that's happening here is that the cast is getting worn down because you start charging those prices that are the equivalent of traveling around Europe. Uh, Or to even more exotic places. I know, Europeans, it's not necessarily exotic for you here in the chat. Uh, And yeah, you have certain expectations. I'm spending this much money. I saved for this many years. You better not screw it up. And I suspect there are even more angry people. And I suspect that leads to more angry cast. And I suspect that leads to all sorts of problems with what used to be a fairly chill is probably the wrong word. But pleasant experience. Uh, Who's your what now? Never went to Disney. I always wanted a Mickey hat with my name on it, though. Asked everyone I knew that went there. Never got one. Funny story. When we uh, wanted to hide the chosen name of uh, Hoagling number 1, we went to Disney World, and uh, we got her name on a Mickey hat uh, because we didn't want to share it with the family because, honestly, we didn't want their opinions on our chosen name. Um, So we got it on a Mickey hat, and... Uh, we kept it um, until I think until the baby was born. Um, co-counsel would remember this story better than me, uh, but I think it was until the baby was born. And that's how we kind of told them the name of the baby. Marissa says Encanto is great. A lot of people love Encanto. I do not find it to be Lin-Manuel Miranda's strongest songwriting. Uh, I really like Moana for that. Uh, but uh, Encanto, is all right. Carrie says Doctor Strange was awful. I think all of phase four is kind of graded down a curve. I give Dr. Strange like a seven. Um, it has exactly the same problems as the rest of the MCU right now, which is illogical writing and characterization that doesn't make sense and motivations that change from scene to scene or maybe camera angle to camera angle. Uh, but it did have at least some verve in its direction. I thought Sam Raimi threw in some weird stuff for the MCU. Uh, so I give it more credit. Maybe than it deserves, Carrie. Maybe than it deserves. Uh, Jessica says, I haven't seen Thor. Aaron says, I agree about Thor. Cool Spring says, me too. Tojet says, well, it's a Watiti movie after all. watiti has, has done things that are hilarious and, and right on the line of keeping the story going while being hilarious. Thor Love and Thunder is not that. And you know, the funny part is so much of, of Thor Love and Thunder is Waititi narrating that not only especially when you know that that character is the director, but not only feels like a crutch, like you couldn't piece together a decent story. So you have like three or four long narration sequences, but also giving it to yourself is I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It feels like the height of ego. Oh, they want to hear my voice. It's like the refs on the field of a football game. It's like we don't want to see you. We did not come to see you. We came to see Thor Taika make a Thor movie. Thor was a waste of a good villain. It seems so. Christian Bale not being used to full power is a waste, period. But it seems like whatever it is, gore, uh, would have been a really good villain, but they didn't even get into what he was doing. It was just wacky the whole time. Agree Thor Love and Thunder was daft. I don't know a precise definition of daft, but I'm going to go with really bad and silly. Calista says, I thoroughly enjoyed Thor. I love it. Reason why it can differ, because it was absurd. I wanted a popcorn flick. I got a popcorn flick. All right. Yeah. No, it's a goofball movie. Uh, and the thing about humor is that one, it's subjective. We know this. Two, I have found in my life that sometimes I'm in the mood for you know witty banter. Sometimes I'm in the mood. I will admit, a much less so for physical or stupid humor. Uh, and sometimes. No, let's just go. Never. I'm never in the mood for like gross out bodily function humor. Uh, and what I would say is Thor, Love and Thunder veers absurdist when what I want is witty for the most part. Most times I want witty. It's, it's Ghostbusters is my favorite comedy. Um, and it's mostly just like wordplay and, and zingers uh, between uh, the various cast members. So it's Thor, Love and Thunder. You got to be in the right mood because it is it is just stupid. And as Callista said, that's sometimes right, right? Like that's sometimes you're looking for absurd, you're looking for stupid. Calista, I'm not gonna take that away from you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Britt. finally, I can agree with Hogue on a movie. Keep coming over to the dark side, Hogue. For, for no on Thor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Kedar, I hated DS mom, which my head had to say, ah, it's Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and haven't put myself through TLAT yet. I love that as an acronym for Thor because it's basically just about his muscles and the lad is a muscle. I also haven't seen any of the latest shows. I miss being excited about stuff. Bumps, Kate, bumps. It had so much potential, alas. I will tell you Andor is good. I don't know if he likes Star Wars at all. Andor is is actually the first special thing I would say on Disney Plus. But yeah, I miss being excited about things too. And if you do, you might wanna look away like a car crash from when we look at the upcoming announced slate of Disney movies through 2028. God help us. That's Sarah. I have kid-free adult friends in their 30s and 40s who travel to Disneyland every couple of months and are Disney-obsessed. I just don't get it. I think Disney can be fun, and and it's a good kind of escapist, separate out entirely from the world and just be somewhere else type of thing. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think kidless rich people... (laughs) Is, is is one of their demos as, as well as kid having rich people really the rich people is the important part here and when i say rich i don't even mean like doing pretty well have a house doing okay i, I mean like you know rich own a penthouse in manhattan kind of uh is, is what they seem to be aimed at phoebe asks really sad that i only got into the mcu after endgame may have missed out on the best parts of the mcu this is not a question it's a comment yeah definitely you definitely have as of yet um the, the time from 2008 to end game to me is the MCU. This is like some kind of shadow walking zombie MCU where they don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing it. They don't know where they're going or why we would want to go there. And it's like, OK, that's not the greatest pitch, Disney. And so instead, they, they pitch various aspects of the movies. Look, it's Thor, Thor Love and Thunder has got Guns and Roses. You remember Guns and Roses? I do. I do remember Guns and Roses. And and look, you you used the after bridge portion of November Rain in your movie, and I respect that. I respect that, Tyka. But it's it doesn't it doesn't make it something that you're gonna get people to go see. Thor got absolutely killed this summer, at least as compared to something like Maverick, uh, and uh, that uh, that can't be that can't be happy times in the internal headquarters of Marvel for what they've seen happening with their movies. Now Doctor Strange, I think, still crossed a billion. Worldwide, I think. Um, so that's that's a success. Uh, but I think they have to understand that their momentum is slowing. Or not. Get ready for that film slate. Uh, Kelly stopped watching Marvel once the originals left. Yeah, it's a great time. Endgame, I think Far From Home, which is the second Spider-Man movie, also serves as a nice epilogue because they're reacting to certain of the events in Endgame. Um, but uh, uh, outside of that, Far From Home is basically the end of the real MCU. And then you can go and pick and choose... Uh, which of the current MCU movies you want to go see. Like I'm a big, big, big Ryan Coogler fan, right? You can go find an 85 tweet thread about me watching uh, Black Panther for like the 20th time and going over the various aspects of what I liked about it and how it interacts with things. And so I will go see Wakanda forever. I don't know how they dealt with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Ryan Coogler is one of the few that I think I trust with handling that kind of story. Um, and, uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic when he was added to the, to the MCU. I do kind of wish that he wasn't just kind of sucked up making Black Panther movies, making MCU movies. Uh, but it is, uh, it is, it is cool to see him get to have the big stage. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one outside of that, like nothing. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the slate. We will. Uh, just went to Disneyland in September for Halloween. Crazy changes. Many food locations won't take cash. Really? Only online order with credit cards. What, like you have to stand there with your phone and like and like app in? <laughs> Frustrating if you don't like to use a credit card. Yes, and, and who shouldn't feel <laughs> a little bit concerned about using credit card numbers in a large, widely accessible location that you're not local to? Not one. And food prices. What are co-council's thoughts on Disney? You know, she might have some when she comes back um, from, from taking the kids in. We can't get those tardies, folks. Can't get those tardies, tardies, folks. Mo asks, what is everyone's favorite Disney movie? That's Lion King. Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. Um, I, I'm not counting the Star Wars and things that existed before them. And I don't need to count the ones that exist after they bought them. Uh, my favorite Disney movie is Lion King. There you go. It's a little Shakespeare in the Savannah. LaQuaria, a fantastic streaming show that grew out of a movie. What we do in shadows. So outlandish and silly. What we do in shadows is great. Okay. It's great. I'm not going to begrudge that Taika Waititi can have genius. He does. Uh, he also goes overboard. Maybe that's the price of genius, right? Is that you still have kind of the rule of 90% of stuff is trash. It's just that your 10% is really good. Um, so I don't know, I think I think he just went too far with Thor Love and Thunder. Totally agree, Hogue. MCU being devalued by flooding with quantity of IP over quality up to Endgame was special. Not anymore. Hello for London. Well, that's an aspect of this, right? One of the things that popped up with Disney Plus that I personally wasn't expecting just in, ter- in terms of how I internally felt about these things was taking the silver screen actors with their big heads and their giant screens and putting on your tiny TVs, which aren't so tiny anymore, but it feels different And having effectively no story to tell with poor script writing and sometimes questionable production values kind of hurts the aura of your superhero movie, which is supposed to be larger than life, right? And I, I really put this most heavily on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I like Anthony Mackie and I like Sebastian Stan. I like those two characters, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and that was so awful and reduced their actual characters so much uh, that I think that I'm very interested in seeing what the new Captain America movie does, because it's written by the same people. It's produced by the same people that made that show. And I know some of you are going to come in and say, well, it had a virus plot line, and then COVID hit, and it had to get scrambling. I understand the excuses. I'm hopeful that those excuses mean that the next project will be successful. But as it stands... That is exactly what happened is that they devalue the products that actually make them the most money and the aura of these things. And I think in a different way that they, that the same thing is happening with their parks as well. Thank you for the wonderful super chat. Morning from Colorado. Good morning, Colorado. Good morning. Dancing Beagle. I don't blame the cast. People are horrible to them. A lot of times I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I have seen more interactions all over the place, right in the world. Uh, that people, citizens of Earth, would not have engaged in when demanding services or degrading service providers, uh, and I, I hate that. Right? I mean, I, this is no surprise to you. I'm, I'm reasonable minds can differ. I'm no ad hominem attacks. I'm treat the other side, treat another person as a human being. And you know, that's the person sitting at concierge, that's the hotel reservation person, that's the server at the restaurant, that's the person whose ride broke down and it's not their fault. They're not an engineer that still has to be the face of the company talking to these, talking to these people, talking to these disappointed people. Um, but I have seen also less of what is a difficult task, but it's still a task in their job, which is kind of maintaining that decorum. Uh, and you know, if you if you're paying thousands of dollars a day to be at a place. And you know, the, the gift shop line where you're trying to spend more money on this company runs a little long and you get up to the front of the line and the guy has that real kind of like, what do you want? I hate my life. Why am I working here vibe? And it's just curt and doesn't, doesn't talk uh, very much and that kind of thing. Then that feels bad, man. It feels bad. It does. Carrie Harvey, I used to go to Disney World all the time in the late 90s, annual pass, and living in Florida, but haven't been in forever now. I found the Animal Kingdom disappointing compared to Busch Gardens. Busch Gardens is super cool. I love the Animal Kingdom, though, Carrie, I have to admit. Uh, it's my—it's probably my favorite zoo. Um, just so much kind of extra in terms of how those enclosures are handled and everything else. So I really, really love Animal Kingdom. Uh, what other option does Disney have, though? They can't increase ish. I don't know what ish is sorry, RJH. Disney has a bunch of options. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. My last time to Disney was in 1963. Awesome stitching with the sister lease. That is awesome. I mean, like that's World's Fair type timing. That is cool. That is cool. Uh, Oh, I got got into another conversation in the chat. Sorry, sometimes I hit that button. Angela says Cedar Point is better than Disney. Depends on what you like. Certainly it's better if you love roller coasters. Cedar Point has whatever number of roller coasters, 20, 30. Um, and so if you like roller coasters, yes. Otherwise it's a, it's a cement plane in the middle of Ohio. Um, it isn't quite the theming that Disney world or Disneyland has. Uh, Carnell says I'm waiting for our kiddos to be just a spin older so that they can get the most out of a Disney trip. Yes. It's, it's always worthwhile to potentially save it till they can remember it. Definitely. Maybe we'll wait till six and eight. Those are good ages. Absolutely. I have a seven-year-old who's dying to go, says Christine. I've never been. The prices are simply not in our budget. I I think that's the truth. Uh, Yes, I'm a Cedar Point kid. I've been to Cedar Point a lot. Uh, My husband works at Kennywood, which is the relatively famous park around these parts. He's been there almost 35 years now. I've been out there maybe twice. LOL. Yep. I, I I don't know Kennywood, but that's cool. That's cool. Uh... Never been to Disney, says my baffled brain. Seems like a huge waste of money, but I also don't like large groups of people. Shrug emoji. I don't think it's a waste. I I mean, at these prices, there's some waste, definitely. But I I have had some of my most enjoyable memories there, especially with my family. But there was also, there used to be a down period, a down season at Disney World, which was pretty chill and pretty awesome. Uh, And that doesn't appear to exist anymore. And yeah, if you don't like large groups, it can feel a little imposing. I don't like the groups that are this large uh, that they have there either. Co-counsel wishes that she could be here with us chatting about all things Disney this morning. She really does love it. We'll see. We've got a lot to talk about, honey. <laughs> uh, the balloons at Disney are awful, says Aaron. We got one a couple years ago and spent the rest of our day being hit in the face with the balloon or the balloon hitting other people we passed in the face. You do take a few balloons to the face, but I will say this about Disney balloons. Uh, they last our whole trip in like the hotel room. <laughs> they, were, they, just, they just last the whole time. So that, that, that's at least good. Uh You don't want to be hitting people with it, but yeah, that's good. Uh, oh, RJH has a clarification. What else can they do? They can't make more capacity, so they have to charge more for the amount of money. For the amount of people that they do get in to make up for that, also lower price makes even more people come, come to the par. Well, yeah. Well we could talk about this, right? Because one of the things they could do is they could just hold the capacity. You could, you could do what amounts to better service <laughs> for your park. They, they're going to talk about this. This is what I was meant by a disingenuous quote, right? An unsincere quote is we're used, we're doing this to manage capacity. And yeah, absolutely. We could go through an economics lesson if you want, but I don't think we need one. If you increase prices, demand for your product or service will go down. And the question is, what does that rate look like? What can you support? So what they're doing is they're ri- raising the price to the level that they, their park can support now. But, and we'll talk about this in connection with the price increases, what they're also doing is they're, as you can see in this chat, taking young families that have seven-year-olds, that have eight-year-olds, that have 10-year-olds, that have 12-year-olds, that if Disney wants to maximize that desire to go back there to make that money again, should be going to the parks if you're Disney right we're just going to sit in Disney shoes we're executive of Disney in order to continue that pathway of people loving their stuff and you are killing that right why do i love Walt Disney world it's because i went on trips to it as, as a young family that could afford it and by comparison it's if you look at what my dad paid to take us to Walt Disney world Uh, it would be even inflation adjusted, something like one fifth of what they're asking for now for the same kind of trip. And uh, that is going to reduce what would be your kind of recurring revenue stream, right? The customer is not being acquired, if you want to think about it in tech terms, right? People spend a fortune on acquiring customer base so that they can service those uh, and what Disney is doing is saying, we will take your oil barons, your sheiks, your tech moguls, uh, right now, and their families. But we're not going to otherwise have the, the the middle class, even the upper middle class, is probably too much. And if you don't make those connections, if you don't get those audiences, uh, you got a problem. And we see this all the time in sports, right? We talk about this all the time with respect to leagues, with baseball, uh, especially the most prominent, which is an older sport, and whether or not they're attracting young fans and the efforts they do to go get those young fans in order to make sure that somebody wants to see their people hit a ball with a large stick when they're old enough to pay for some portion of these prices. Uh, And I think Disney is cutting their nose off despite their face uh, by actually increasing prices right up to whatever the sheiks can pay, whatever the oil barons can pay, whatever the tech moguls can pay uh, and limiting what the future holds for them. Uh, that you don't get that bond with their with their product. But reasonable minds can differ on this, right? This is just my opinion. Um, so we could talk about that. They could limit capacity. They could go with essentially Jerry Maguire, fewer clients, less money, better service, in order to try to make their golden goose live longer instead of kind of cutting off parts of it and seeing when, if ever, it dies. Uh, and I, I think Disney is, is uh, in a precarious position and is advantaging short-term thinking over long-term growth. And that's not unusual for big companies, right? The most times that you see people complain is is that kind of thinking because they have shareholders right now that want various things. They feel that pressure. If they get a number high enough, they get their bonuses right now. And there are books, there are classes, there might be whole schools dedicated to talking about whether or not there is a fundamental fiduciary problem with advantaging short-term thinking based on the structures we have currently in the regulatory regimes of kind of the corporate or the limited liability company form. And I don't want to get into all of that because it's a little bit boring for casual Friday, but there are those conversations. So there are a number of things they could do. They have instead decided to say, this is a wasting asset. We're going to extract as much blood from this stone, and then we'll see where we're at. And effectively, that's sometimes the same thing you see with regulatory bodies or government agencies or or what have you, which is it's the next guy's problem, right? Right now I can do this. I can look potentially good. Although I think people have certain problems with the CEO of Walt Disney. And then, uh, if the stone is lacking in blood, well, that's not on my watch. We're talking about at least 10 years, right? So I think that's what happens. And I, I think we can watch it. We can observe, we can check in on this story year by year and see how Disney is doing. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in the Disney business, uh, right now. Uh, my son and his family were at Disney during Ian said totally overpriced park tickets to stand in lines for two hours with three-year-old type rides would go back for Halloween or the Christmas special. Well, and the Halloween at Disney world is fantastic, but its prices are equally crazy. Um, so whatever that is, Mickey's spooktacular, I want to say. Um, so yeah, that, that is super cool. Uh, the, the seasons there, but They've increased those prices way higher. They've reduced the time that you're in the park for the people that bought those daily prices. I mean, there's all sorts of things. (laughs) There are all sorts of things. We were at Disney the day before they closed the parks for COVID. My daughter's first trip, we had a blast spent too much money for the experience. We were there five days and did 10 rides the whole time, two rides a day. You're, you're, you're going at a good clip at Disney. My goal is always seven. Seven is the number in the back of my head, but whether or not we get there is, is rare. What is Andor on? Ask Secret McSquirrel. It is on Disney+. Plus. It is excellent. It is excellent. Uh, Secret McSquirrel, Andor is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, people talking with each other in the chat. That's fantastic. I'm only, let's see here, 13. I'm 28 minutes behind in the chat, so we're going to skip forward a little bit, folks. <coughs> Brit with another super chat. Britt, I really appreciate it. Disney used to make movies that everyone could watch, kids, parents, young adults, or even adults without kids. Now they make crap ninety percent of the time and say like it or you are wrong. No, nope, I'm the customer. I am not wrong. Okay. All right. Yes. We there are definitely cultural streams that go through Disney as well, um, which is, to my mind, a little bit separate from the, the the business point here, which is the reliance on intellectual property, reliance on sequels, reliance on brands and franchises. And uh reduced experience at their parks for increased prices. Uh, but yes, simultaneously there are fights about the actual substance of what they are putting out. Certainly, if you've been in, in hangouts or virtual reality or this channel in general for any length of time, you know that I am deeply disappointed with how Disney has treated their Star Wars franchise. Um, andor is really the first exception to that, with maybe a kind of half a half exception for like Rogue One, which not uncoincidentally is the same character as Andor. So I don't love how Disney treats these things. And Disney does have a tendency to, like we've talked about with respect to Rings of Power, shield up on culture war grounds uh, that I'm not interested in fighting. uh, But I certainly think that corporations use too much to defend what are poor storytelling that has really taken root across the board. It's not a Disney unique thing. Uh, storytelling seems to be at a premium uh, and nobody's willing, nobody's willing to really invest in it. And I, I couldn't tell you why I couldn't tell you why most of the MCU and most of the Disney plus shows. If you look at the actual backgrounds of the people have like no experience writing anything, no experience producing, no experience directing. I, I have no idea if it's just penny pinching. I think that's abhorrent. I, it might be control based. It might be Marvel and Feige or Kathleen Kennedy and star Wars. Just want to have control over the thing. Uh, but for the most part, people don't have experience, uh, doing these things. So I, I couldn't tell you, I could not tell you, but I do hear you. I do know that those fights are happening about Disney products because they have a whole lot of intellectual property. David at Prototopics, Disney programming is all week. At least rings of power is good. Oh, wait. Hey guys, you can, you can clip this for David. You can just show him this. You can do a, you can do a little snip there. At least rings of power is good. Prototopics. We should put that, we should send that to Amazon. We should send that to Jeff Bezos. Say, at least Rings of Power is good, dash, prototopics. We can get it in the Amazon ads. Let's say we actually accomplish that. Can you imagine, David? I mean, <laughs> he would be so mad. Oh, man. Uh, yes. Kidless rich people. That's what I said. Hocus Pocus 2 was okay, but I was disappointed in it. I haven't watched it yet. have to admit that. Prototopic, stay salty, my friend. Indeed. Uh, Reservation Dogs is just produced by Watiti, but the series is really fantastic. I haven't checked it out yet. That's based on a book series. Am I right on that? I think it is. Finally saw the new Top Gun movie this weekend, and it was everything you had built my hopes to... It would be... Yes! My husband said it was better than the original. It is easily better than the original. Easily. Um, and so that is fantastic, Abigail. I'm so glad that you guys got to check it out. Uh, and love it. Now, we will see what lessons Hollywood takes from the mighty success of Maverick. Uh, who's your what now? Disney movies and TV shows have not been good, to put it mildly, in some time. Wasn't going to watch Andor, but if Rick says it's a good show, then I'll give it a chance. You should give it a chance. Um, just keep in mind, right now, I'm on a working theory that every three episodes is basically a kind of TV movie, uh, so that does mean that like every third episode in that second act slot is a little slow. Um, well, it's a lot slow. I'm going to just level with you. Uh, and so... Uh, overall, it's good, uh, but I would watch it in three episode chunks. That's what I would recommend. I was exhausted from the MCU after Spider-Man three. It's been a long 15 years. I'm still way behind on these chats. So we're just going to go forward here a little bit. Olivia, thank you so much for the super chat. Super generous. I am single with no kids and I love, I'm going to go with Mickey. That's the three circles for Mickey ears enough to have kept my pass after all these years. I'm one of their target demos, but even I'm seeing the pricing issues and how it affects my experience and my peeps who work there. Yeah, I feel for the cast, right? When I say it's a spiral, it's like some of that's just the human condition, right? Because I do think people are going to be more demanding when they're paying an absolute fortune to be at these theme parks and that the cast is going to have to deal with that. And it's going to, it's going to break people. It's gonna break people. It's a very, it's a very difficult job to be customer facing in that environment anyway, and they are making it harder and harder and harder on their cast. Thank you for the wonderful super chat, Olivia. Uh, they love Lilo and Stitch. I think this is favorite movie. Uh, what did you think about the in real life uh, uh, Lion King? In real life's an interesting way to say it for Lion King, right? Because it's all CGI, so it's just a different kind of animation. I think I have a postmortem on the channel. You can go see my postmortem on the real life Lion King on this channel, uh, where I talk about. Essentially, it being kind of hollow for what the original was. But uh, as a tech guy, kind of as like a video game guy for the new graphics engine, I think it's absolutely amazing what they put on screen all in computers. Um, And so as a tech person, I think Lion King is the future in some important ways to what they can do uh, with computer graphics imagery. But as a movie, you know, they took out my favorite song, really, which is Be Prepared. Um, And that's no fun. I, I don't know if what Elijah four can't, can't sing. I don't know. Uh, but they took out that song. That wasn't great. They added a Beyonce song for no reason. Eh. Tangled's a great movie. Tangle is a great movie. I, I love that. Uh, I love that song between uh, Chuck and Mandy Moore uh, in the, in the boat with the lanterns. There you go. Zachary Levi, Chuck, if you prefer Shazam, I will accept it. Little Mermaid, awesome choice. Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood is kind of like the forgotten one there. We used to watch that all the time when I was younger. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that's a good one. Little Mermaid is a close second to Robin Hood. Lion King and Little Mermaid. Yep, Disney Renaissance. Lion King, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. Absolutely. There's magic in watching a movie in a theater when by pure chance you're the only one. There's no such magic doing the same thing at home on your TV. I don't know. I've, 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 been, I've there's certainly during the pandemic I've built up my my theater experience. It's not a it's not a theater room certainly, uh, but you know it's got a popcorn machine. It's not bad. I'll invite you all over for popcorn. Six hundred and sixty one of you. <laughs> I, I make great popcorn. Co Council says I'm back. We're so lucky that a pretzel at Disney is a meal for our kids because it costs as much as one. We have watched the pretzel price. We have watched the pretzel price. I think it's like fifteen or maybe seventeen dollars now for like one of those. Kind of big, soft pretzels. I believe when we started, it was seven. Something like that. It tells you a little something about the Disney experience. Uh, Okay, we're going to scroll ahead. We're 10 minutes behind. We're we're doing it. We're doing it. Ningal 1994 or Nine Inch Nails, Gal, as Rob points out. Disney Plus means all the Disney Pixar movies are in one spot to find instead of everywhere, which is nice. Five minutes to find one movie was hellish. I get that. It's a good thought. I think Disney Plus is a nice like library, but you know they're increasing prices. I don't know that there's value there. Um I've got I had purchased Disney Plus on kind of like the annual plan when they first launched it, so that's going to expire I think in November, which is closer than I think in my head. Um so we'll be I think we'll be cutting off Disney Plus pretty soon, but it is nice to have everything in one location uh, rather than having to find it all over the place. My sister lived near Disney World, so we went there often in the 70s and 80s. Black Panther was fantastic, beautifully done. It's my favorite of the MCU movies, Um, or at least it's my favorite of the MCU movies that don't require like other information, other characters, other people. I think Infinity War is actually my favorite of the MCU movies uh, because that's just so brilliantly done uh, for an impossible task, really. I just love that. Uh, let's see. I think we're we're just gonna catch up here. Uh, Ningle, 1994. So Disney prices have risen like housing prices in Australia, at least, and is way too expensive for most. Yeah, I I compare it to university prices. Like if you've ever looked at like income level and university cost, because well, we can get into economics there, but largely because it's subsidized by the U.S. government, um, is that Disney prices are exactly the same. They just they just skyrocket um, past what the kind of equivalent payment would be. Uh, for a person living today. Uh, so they have clearly moved into a different demographic, uh, and I just don't think that's wise long term. When does the copyright from Mickey expire soonish for Steamboat Willie? You'd have to look at it, right? Um, but uh, it's it's not going to be what people think, I don't believe. Uh, one, because Disney has been working on making Steamboat Willie a trademark uh, for some time. here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, if you watch a Disney animated movie and you see that whistling Mickey Mouse, Uh, in front of the boat um, to start out, which they made their kind of logo for Disney Animation Studios. One of the reasons that they did that was to try to make it a new trademark for Disney Animation Studios, which don't have the same expiry concerns. Um, And so that's likely to be one of the arguments they try to make. Now, also importantly, the copyright for Mickey Mouse, as a for instance, doesn't just open up the floodgates for using modern Mickey. Um, you could use Steamboat Willie, Mickey, and then essentially as things are changed, they get recopyrighted with that same term. Um, so it is likely that some enterprising individual will try to use Mickey Mouse in some way that Disney does not approve, and we're going to have a fun intellectual property fight, as Disney has been doing for seemingly the entire history of America, but really only the last 70, 80 years. Um, and so that is going to be very interesting to watch, but that's why you see Steamboat Willie at the front of animated movies. Look, fun legal facts (laughs) here on Hangouts and Headlines. uh, We've got people talking about the various movies they love. The Heathers, once upon a time, Disney employees scattered human remains on the rides the public paid for internment of loved ones' ashes. It's a small world after all. Death emoji, eyes open, emojis. Yeah, as I understand it, one of the things that they kind of fight at Disney World, and if you don't know, if you go to one of these Disney parks, they have all sorts of unclothed security people, is that they try to fight people from like bringing in ashes and, and otherwise disposing them at the parks right now. Um, and so that's, that's always an interesting set of stories. I think there are articles about that. Uh, definitely. And maybe we're almost caught up and let's, yeah, let's talk about where's Leonard French. When you need him, it, does Leonard French love Disney. I would have invited him. I didn't know that about him. I would have invited him. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that, that is, that is cool. Always uh, oh, nice to be affirmed by council. re-steamboat Willie's use. That's the intent Will it work? Who knows. Uh, but that, to me, that's the clear intent of what's happening there. Um, okay, let's talk about a couple of things. Let's, let's, let. We're gonna get to this. This is the movie slate here. It's Casual Friday. We'll we'll finish when we finish, folks. I I, can't, I make no guarantees at nine o'clock or otherwise. Uh, but this is the movie slate. We'll come back to this. Disney's park prices increasing, made the Washington Post, and this is what really. Brought it to my attention, right? And, and I want to give full credit here because this is, I don't know what category this is under. It kind of died when I zoomed in um, at the Washington Post, but uh, it, entertainment, leisure, travel, whatever it is at the Washington Post, we give a lot of crap to journalists here and especially Rob, right? That guy, man, I tell you, uh, but we give a lot of crap to journalists because we think they make a number of rhetorical mistakes or they slide their editorial biases in. And we want to talk about that. We want to talk about how to read these things. I want to give Hannah Sampson here, the author of this piece, full credit, because we're going to go through it. And if there's editorializing, it is very light. And it goes through the various arguments for and against and gets quotes from people for and against these price increases and why they happen. And it is pretty much how I remember articles being. Um, And so I I want to give credit for that, even though the subject matter, maybe not so fun. Disney parks are raising prices again. Some people really do feel priced out, says one fan after increase in ticket and Genie Plus packages. We're going to have to talk about Genie Plus. We don't talk about Bruno, but we do talk about Genie Plus. When Disney launched its new tool that let visitors avoid long lines for rides last year, fans griped that they were being forced to pay for a perk they once got for free. They might have griped about it. They were also entirely accurate. See, the way this works is that there used to be a system called FastPass, You'd get a certain amount per day when you used them. You could go back and get them. And then those fast pass let you use a lightning lane type function uh, and go into a hopefully shorter line than the longer line. And this had a number of follow on effects, including the fact that the non fast pass lines then moved like molasses because you'd constantly have infusions of fast pass people as their times came due. I don't know about you. I don't know about your experience in theme parks. I tend to like a non pass kind of enabled ride because even if it's super long, you're moving forward. You're seeing new things. And yes, that new thing might just be a new piece of gum stuck to the side of a new garbage can, but it's new. You're keeping, keeping on. With the fast pass system, you could just stand there like you're on a construction site in a merge that doesn't quite work with people not zippering their cars in between each other for 10 solid minutes. And I find that to actually be psychologically more painful than an even kind of longer timeline where I get to walk. As I say, when I get into commutes and there's an accident or whatever, I hate it when my timeline goes to infinity. I like to project out when I'm going to get home or to the office or whatever. And if you aren't moving, your timeline goes to infinity. This is just me though, just subjective stuff. So they used to have that for free as part of your ticket. Then they said, whoa, 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 we could charge for this. Have we thought about charging for this? And our our new CEO, the, the hero of the story says, yeah, we should try that. Now, most visitors will have to pay even more for the privilege. Cue a new round of complaints about money grubbing and nickel and diming. Now, this is just the nature of modern journalism. I didn't link these. These are two tweets. These are two tweets from random angry people. And it's like, okay, I guess that's the Washington Post news. I Okay. Every time this happens, fans go online to vow that they won't return to Disney again. Robert Niles, editor of Theme Park Insider said in an email, and maybe they don't. plenty of other visitors do keep coming to the parks, allowing Disney to keep bringing in more and more revenue. I expect this price increase to result in the same. Yeah, you're changing your demographics and and you have to wonder whether or not you're changing those demographics out to people that treat it as a, you know, a a yachting trip in the Mediterranean. And then whatever, we went to Disney World that one year when we weren't otherwise skydiving from, uh, you know, someplace in uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, And so I don't know exactly whether or not they're going to Get what it is that they're looking for here, long term, and there's also this notion, right? This is the aggregation of populaces that I always find funny. Uh, which is like, well, some people say they uh, they won't go back. It's like, uh, but that, but, but this is implied as like, but you know, other people do go back, and, and so it, it's fine. I I can only tell you that I was a big fan of Disney World, only as a data point, right? Not even an anecdote. It's like I used to go to Disney World. I look at the prices. I have a corporate lawyer at, that has a pretty pretty decently popular YouTube channel and and social media presence. Um, and, uh, I, I feel Disney's too expensive. I feel like they have priced me out for what is a reasonable price for a vacation. Uh, and that's a shame. That's sad. My kids are at the perfect ages to go. Uh, and we might still make it happen, but I will resent it. (laughs) Hey, co-counsel. Um, and so I, I, I do think that it's easy enough to say, well, they're still doing fine until they aren't. And that's that's been a story of of corporate decision making for as long as corporations have existed. Disney's parks in Florida and California rolled out new prices on Tuesday for the Genie Plus service, which allows guests to avoid lengthy waits. Sometimes they they have a second level of charging, just so you know. How much will the cost go up? Well, that depends where you're going, which day you're visiting and in California when you buy the add on because they're not actually giving you the rates. They're just saying it's going to be more. At Walt Disney World in Florida, the world's busiest theme park complex, the price used to be $15 regardless of the day. For October, the cost will vary between $15 and $22 depending on how busy the four parks are on a particular day. After this month, no one is saying, October is not their busiest month. Get Excite. Admission has been based on demand for several years with the slowest days priced at $109 for one day. One park ticket and busier days climbing to $159. Those prices did not change in Florida. That means a family buying tickets for a visit in the slow season in late August, where, where the uh, where the where the hurricanes start to live, can expect to pay far less than someone visiting during the popular winter holidays. The company encourages guests to check the My Disney Experience app on the day their visit, which is the only time Florida guests can purchase Gen- Genie Plus the logistics of a Walt Disney World vacation are an entirely different conversation point, but you basically have to have a a team of crack administrators ready to go on this stuff. That means park goers there won't know how much they'll need to spend until they're actually on the vacation. (laughs) Those cheaper admission on busy days could be a hint that the service will also be on the pricier end. Disney charges for faster access to a handful of its most popular rides separately from GD+. Okay, so understand here, used to be the case at lower prices You got some fast passes. You got to organize those. A little bit bureaucratic, but you got to figure out what rides you're on. Disney says, no, if you want fast passes, you have to pay for a separate service called My Genie Plus, because by God, we're going to brand it with Genie from Aladdin, and it's going to be great. Intellectual property, folks. And then they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, okay. You're not paying enough for that. We can charge more. And Genie Plus doesn't offer you lightning lane passes, which is the new name for fast pass to all of the rides, including the most popular of rides. So you need it to just have the rights to pay them even more. It's amazing stuff, guys. It's amazing stuff. And at some level, at some level, I respect it, right? I'm not the whole market. You don't have to cater to Rick Hogue and his family to come to your service. And maybe this is just sour grapes from me. Entirely possible when I say that I think you're pricing on demographics. I don't believe so, but you could look at it and say that. Uh, And in this particular instance, you say, okay, well, if you've got enough demand to fill your your theme park and and you've got enough people buying this product or service, um, good on you, I guess, is the corporate lawyer hat. Say, okay. Uh, But we'll also talk about why the incentives are wrong for Genie Plus here in in just a second. Those individual lightning lanes were already priced variably. Deadline reports the price range to skip the lines of some of those attractions would expand to include higher fees on busier days. Let's go talk to Deadline. Deadline not quite as staid or neutral as the Washington Post. Disneyland raises ticket prices, increases cost of Disney Plus and Lightning Lane services, and they did some math. Now, same caveat as always, lawyer math is just the most dangerous thing on Earth. So we're just going to try to work through it together. Disneyland ticket prices increases have become an October ritual. The top one-day, one-park park ticket, Tier 5, was $124 in 2017. It went to $134 in 2018, $149 in 2019, $154 in 2020, $159 last year. And the price for the same ticket tier ticket as of announced today <clears throat> is $169 on a 36% rise in five years. I'm going to take the Deadline's word for it because I'm not doing the calculations for that. They also added a new tier above that that was 164 and will now go to 179. Now, this is California. This is not Disney World. We're bringing in the whole Disney empire. But my God, 36% rise over this period of time. Obviously, some of that is justified by inflation, though, of course, inflation may or may not hit your pocketbook depending on your employer's situation. So, uh, you know, welcome to the suck, everybody. But at least some of it can be justified by the corporation on those grounds. And yet, Wow. And deadline, in case they didn't feel like you've heard it enough, they embolden it, they show it even higher, even more, right? Was 104, now 115. This is just from last year. Was 164, now 179. And I'm also introduced a tier zero at 104 that apparently is heavily restricted. Those are for your, your locals uh, in general. The park hoppers also went up park hopper ticket, which allows you to go to multiple parks at 244. So these tiers are based on the days that it's available to you. uh, And those are different prices for different kinds of times of year. The cost of multi-day tickets increased from 9.2, between 9.21% and 11.76%. These are eye watering, eye watering. Some popular attractions such as Radiator Springs Racers and Rise of the Resistance require additional fees for that lightning lane access Disney says pricing will continue to vary by date and demand, but guests may see some changes in the range. One user at the park today reports that the Lightning Lane access for Rise of the Resistance, you've already paid for Genie Plus, you've already paid for your park ticket, you now have to pay for Lightning Lane access to get on this ride because otherwise you're likely spending your entire life from that ticket that you paid for in that line, is $25. When Magic Genie was introduced last year, popular ride prices was between 7 and 20 Remember, this is for one person. So if you have a family, it's 25 times whatever to get into this line. Eye watering. It's eye watering. The price of Genie Plus now varies by date in Disney World, regardless of when it was purchased. What was 15 now ranges from 50 to 22 for the current month. Nobody's saying anything outside of October. We said, we said that after a COVID-hampered 2021, Disney Parks experience and products has been a prime mover in the company's success so far this year. Success is a question mark for Disney. Revenue in the division surged 70% to nearly $7.4 billion as of August 22, with operating income up from $356 million to $2.1 billion. Now, some of this, right, surged 70%. You should not do year-over-year comparisons to 2020 or 2021. You should not. Those are weird years. They're special years. And saying, wow, we bounced back is great, but giving credit for like the total value of the bounce back uh, is, is not warranted. Disney is making a fortune. And these prices are, I'm just gonna say it, crazy. They are crazy. And the the middle class in America, the upper middle class in America is getting squashed out. And I I I wouldn't do it this way um, if I were Disney, but I'm not in charge of Disney. So maybe, maybe you would. They say the change is meant to continue managing strong demand. And as I said, they're in total control of their parks, right? They're in total control of setting what their capacity is, uh, of setting wh- what their hotel arrangements are. Um, and if, if they're having problems with demand, they could self-elect to manage that um, w- without the price increases. But that's not what they're electing to do. And their corporation. I'm not going to begrudge them this. They say, well, we're going to just raise the prices until we're not able to keep the parks populated. So we're just going to take you right up to the edge. And if this sounds a little bit like other stories I've given where I talked about things like employee pay, for instance, where, you know, working at a firm, my, my feeling was always they were going to try to give you as little as possible so that you are mildly irritated but not willing to walk. Disney wants you to be irritated but not willing to not come. Uh, and then we're going to ride right up to that line. And again, I think it's a mistake. Washington Post, like I said, goes through these things just like Deadline did. I thought Deadline covered it a little bit better. So that's why we bumped over there for a second. I'm not surprised by these price increases, said Len Testa, president of the theme park trip planning site Touring Plans and co-author of the unofficial guides to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, which are cool books. Disney CEO Bob Chappick's comments on the last earnings call and subsequent investor meetings were pretty clear they're going to increase prices until demand falls off. During an earnings call in August, Chappick said after about half of the people who visit the parks buy up to the product. And last month, Josh Demaro, chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, said at a conference that Genie Plus was doing phenomenally well and selling more than executives expected. He said that in the surveys of guests who have bought the product, as well as those who have shelled out for a separate line skipping option for the highest demand rides, 70% say they will make the purchase again. Time is money. Money is time. Absolutely. But here's the thing. I promise you we'd talk about incentives. You're making a lot of money on skipping lines. And you're making a lot of money on skipping lines for better rides after you've already purchased a product to let you skip lines. What do you think this does to the incentive structure of Disney managing its capacity, its lines, and the availability of its rides? Sing the Jeopardy song in your head. I don't want to get a copyright strike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If you guess that that incentivizes them to have a relatively poor experience without these purchases, you're exactly right. And so when you say yes, they buy up to the product. Part of that is because they're no longer getting the experience that you sold them with the ticket price alone, and um, that's bad. <laughs> and we can call it out here again. Corporate lawyer, don't you want you guys want to go soak that stone of blood? You go right ahead. But I can certainly comment on it because I think you are as myopic as I have seen a CEO of a major media corporation be. Um, And that's going to take a little while to play out. And it might not fall on your head. It might fall on the next guy's head. But I think that's what's happening here. And then you get like the defensiveness. So we're nowhere on to something with this. It was a change to the system. You know, it's a shock. We're asking for more money. So there's going to be some reaction to it, which we would expect. But we know when a guest does buy it, they're getting what they paid for. And they're feeling really good about it. Yeah. It's, it's fun to be rich. <laughs> good, good work. If you can get it. Absolutely. This actually reminds me of a story that one of my uh, more well-heeled partners uh, gave me at a, at a cocktail party we were at uh, when I was in big law. And it was essentially talking about Disney world. And it was like, well, why, why don't you get, they have like a, they have like a staff member that you can, you can buy. That's really expensive, like thousands of dollars per hour. I said, "Well, when you go, we just we just get that service, and they walk us to the front of the lines. And why don't why don't you do that?" And I, I jokingly in my head, right, this guy was my boss's boss's boss. I, in my head, said, "Well, because you don't you don't pay me a salary that would uh, allow me to do that." sir. <laughs> it's it's very nice. It's very nice that the work that I do helps fund that for you. Uh, but that is not that is not my situation, and it feels like they're making it need to be everybody's situation and we don't want you. Okay. And if you don't buy this extra stuff, well, then you're effectively a sucker. Yeah. All right. We'll let you in for only 164, I guess. But uh, you're going to stand in line and it's going to be miserable. So why don't you just pony up another 25? I don't, you've already paid 164. What's with 25, right? But Leslie Harvey, founder of the site Trips with Tykes, And co-founder of the Disneyland with Kids Facebook group said some fans are frustrated because they are having to spend more for an experience that they feel is not worth the higher price. On a recent trip, she said she's never seen so many animatronics, those are the robots in a ride, broken on rides. And yeah, there certainly seems to be a lot of breakdowns at Disney World uh, when I was last there, which was a few years ago. And then you got tweets again from the Washington Post, excuse me, that, um, that talk about the same kind of thing that some of the Disney people are talking about, which says, you know, 75% of the people complaining about Genie Plus will pay for it, even during peak pricing. I don't know whether that's right or not. Disney has economists on staff to figure out exactly how much they can push people and, and pivot to the extent that they go over the line on certain of these things. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is assuming, you know, we're enabling it, those kinds of things. I On the margins, I'm living proof that people that love their product, their service are saying, no, that's that's way too much, way too much. It's not even that gray area, right? You heard a comment earlier in this video, in this hangout that, that said like, it used to be gray area. Now it's crazy. Like that's how I felt. It always felt a little bit stretched, but then it's like, this is, this is insane. People are always upset. Anytime there's a Disneyland price increase, but some people really do feel priced out Testa said Disney observers noted years ago that the company had essentially abandoned the middle class, targeting instead the top earning 1% to 20% of American households. I would say it's even more than this, right? If you actually go look at these numbers, I think it's, it's probably the top 5% only. I think the big concern Disney is going to face next is that at those premium prices, consumers are going to expect a premium experience. And we've started to see families say things like, for the kind of prices Disney's charging to see their replica of St. Mark's Square and Epcot, I can bring my whole family to Italy for a week. And they're not wrong. They are not wrong. Um, and that's that's the, that's the last quote they end on. So when I, I did want to give credit here because they go over the pricing. They go over Disney's explanation for it. They go over the counter argument. And again, maybe you're only allowed to do this for things that people at Washington Post mass heads or elsewise think are unimportant. But like th- this, this to me, this is how an article should read, right? This is the news item. This is why it matters. This is why they think it's okay. This is why people think it's not okay. Bam. I am now more informed. Thank you, Washington Post. Um, but Disney might not be more informed. Let's talk about their upcoming movie slate. 2022. uh, We've got some Searchlight pictures, which we're going to skip. So these Fox Searchlight, if you don't know, is kind of their indie studio presence. Um, And those still have some interest in them. The Banshees of Inishurin, The Menu, Empire of Light. From them, however, it's Black Panther, Avatar 2, and a movie called Strange World, which I'm not familiar with, but is probably their animated feature for the year. Then- Just to really make you cry, we've got these Searchlight movies. We've got these Fox movies. Those are all things that went into production before Fox was owned by Disney uh, and are still going on. Then we have Ant-Man, Guardians 3, live action Little Mermaid, something called Elemental, which could be new. Untitled Indiana Jones 5, The Marvels, that's the MCU, a movie based on the Haunted Mansion, and then a movie called Wish. So, okay, you better like the MCU. Uh, We already did Avatar 2. We've got a movie called Elio, their live-action Snow White, another Captain America, another Planet of the Apes, another Inside Out, a prequel to The Lion King, an MCU movie called Thunderbolts, an MCU movie called Blade, an MCU movie called Deadpool, and Avatar 3. Weep upon my works, says Disney as we roll into 2024. Look at that. (laughs) And again, this is fine if you're already invested in these intellectual properties and whatnot. But like if you're not, if you don't think maybe the 18th live action version of a movie that was better the first time around is a great idea or, or gonna make you love Disney, I this is this is madness. <laughs> I tweeted this out the other day and said I've gazed into the abyss because. When we go further, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Star Wars, Untitled Marvel, Avengers, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Marvel, Avatar 4, Untitled Star Wars, Avatar 5. Now, obviously, as these things get further into the future, this is not the slate of Disney movies, and Marvel and Star Wars and Avatar, I guess, to some extent, have taken on this kind of marketing model of announcing their movies early, but... What, 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 <laughs> I don't, what? But it's okay, guys, because for a movie like the Thunderbolts, Disney is reaching out to a brand new and expansive set of actors, and it's going to be super excited about bringing in brand new young people to get excited about the brand. That's right. Harrison Ford is rumored to be joining the MCU. Now I have no idea whether he will have any idea himself about what movie he's in, what franchise he's in, or what these magic people are doing around him. His statements on Star Wars are are always famously acerbic. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make ourselves relevant. We're going to get those youths excited about Disney by just hitting you with ever weaker, more diluted MCU movies, avatars two through five, another Indiana Jones, more Star Warses, and prequels to things like The Lion King. We're going to throw Harrison Ford at it, and we're going to price you out of getting tickets to our parks. That, folks, is the current Disney business plan. And I have questions, to coin a phrase, made famous by one of my LawTube colleagues. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's a little opinion making for me. It's casual Friday. We can give opinions here. I know I missed a ton of super chats. I have to go back and grab. So I'm going to scroll up there while I do. What do you all think of all this? What do you think of what Disney's doing? Am I being too hard on them? Am I being not hard enough? And in terms of the quality of their offerings is that comment we looked at. I believe it was from Hobbacks earlier today is that a comment that even has more fruit to bear on this particular conversation because their overall level of quality appears to have been reduced? Regardless of what you want to ascribe that to, Disney movies are not as exciting as they used to be. And so what do we do with that information? Uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation a little bit before we get out of here. I'll let the Friday go. And I, let's see here. I think I, I think I went too far back. We've gone too far, Captain. Um, so I have to make sure that uh, I grab the, the lovely, generous people that support the channel uh, and, and don't miss it. Kel Marie starts us off. The park reservation system annoys the heck out of me. If I'm going to pay a premium to go, I should be able to go to the park of my choice without issue. Yeah, they, it used to be, you had a ticket and you went to the park and you showed up. And if you had a park hopper, you went to whatever you want. Now you have to actually like tell them, What park you're going to, and it has to be that day. So you have to like, it's to me, it's like, what am I gonna want to eat for lunch six months from now on Tuesday? Hmm. I'm thinking Coney dogs. Coney dogs, maybe some fries, Diet Coke. What do you think? And you get to that Tuesday, and you're like, no, actually, actually, it feels like a steak and potatoes day. So what? (laughs) Thank you for your money. You're going to have to figure out how to work with it. JoJo is a new member of the community. Thank you so much, JoJo. I hope you enjoy it here. I really, really appreciate the support. Tish in Tennessee with a super sticker is far past my chat, Tish, but I hope it was adorable. I know it was. Thank you so much for supporting the channel. Uh, A lot of people have a lot of comments on Disney. Courtney, Disney has been too expensive forever. I I can't disagree. It's just gone way beyond. Uh, Tish in Tennessee, Love and Thunder and She-Hulk either Mike or Mike drop, um, love and thunder. She Hulk. Yep. I have to go and, uh, catch up to She-Hulk actually, uh, to make sure that, uh, uh, I can comment on a lawyer show on Disney plus because I, I watched the first two episodes and I have, I have to catch up on that. Uh, Tish's sticker was a, uh, was the little, little pear with the coffee in its belly, which is awesome. And okay. All right. I think I actually caught up. So Merciless base. I see Disney parks becoming more or less a club for the rich. I agree. Then they push so many movies out there to drown out quality. Just hope we watch just to avoid FOMO. If you're missing out, I agree. Yep. I think that's a great comment. Merciless base. I think that you have the real risk of having uh Disney world, Disneyland effectively be, I don't, I don't know the Cayman islands uh, essentially for the folks that want to just go and do that kind of thing. And I don't know that that engenders the same kind of bond to the brand. Um, and I certainly think it reduces the population of people, uh, that can be bonded to the brand. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it is cutting the nose off to spite their face. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see how that goes down. That Sarah just wanted to say big thanks for this show and the community. Again, big thanks to the community. You guys are fantastic. And Mrs. Hoaglaw, co-counsel have created here full of wonderful folks, just like yourself, purple heart emoji. Thank you. That Sarah. Well, I can't take credit for the community. Um, you know, I can, I can put stuff out there. I can put reasonable minds can differ. I can say ad hominem attacks are weak ad hominem attacks, uh, give up the ground, uh, to someone. Uh, and I, and, and I can try to lead by example there. Uh, but it's you guys that are the awesome community. It's you guys that are out there. And like I said, I've seen on the internet talking to folks about various things. And I've been so proud in those interactions. I, like a, like a proud papa being like, yes, somebody hashtags RMCD. And I'm like, Cool. We're gonna have to do an RMCD patch <laughs> uh, because it's it's just really really nice to see. I have I have long wanted um, for there to be a voice or, or or more voices. Right. I can't claim to be the only one that does this. Uh, that was was out there saying, "Hey, reasonable minds can differ. Other people are human beings. Let's have a discourse where we treat each other as human beings." And uh, you know, uh, things sometimes happen on the internet. Uh, And I have been so, so proud of having this community. So you're gonna make me emotional here on casual Friday, but I really appreciate the super chat that Sarah. Thank you. Uh, Friends went to Disney for a week, almost $9,000 for the three of them. Crazy talk. (laughs) That's way too much for a lot of us. Crazy, crazy, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I just wanted to say that. I don't know if Leonard French likes Disney just that because you can't talk about Disney without talking about copyright. Well, that's true. (laughs) I thought you were saying that he would have a lot to say about Disney world in general. Uh, Leonard French. I've been on his channel. Um, He's a, he's a, he's a good lawyer here on YouTube. Um, You should check him out if, uh, if you're interested in particular intellectual property talk. Um, He's, he's an intellectual property lawyer uh, and he has a lot of interesting things to say about all sorts of stuff. Uh, Mrs. Hoaglaw wants to echo my thoughts Ditto all of Hoglaw's thoughts about this community. Y'all are really incredible. This is a thoughtful and intelligent community. And, and we're proud to be associated with you. So keep on keeping on. It's really, really awesome. Um, yeah, okay. All right. Way too emotional. Uh, <laughs> Ardo, you are uh, the epitome of ad hominem. <laughs> you know what, Ardo? Just this week, I, I I'm accepting fully all misspellings of my name. <laughs> I really I really appreciate it. Abigail points out, "Hey, if you're still here, you can throw a like down. Probably probably you enjoyed this. If you're hate watching, you know, a downvote is cool too. Um but uh yeah, you can throw a like in there. It, it helps YouTube know that uh for everything that is happening with the analytics that YouTube is looking at being like, "What? Okay, what did this guy do?" Uh it helps when you throw those likes down uh to uh to make YouTube uh, a little bit little bit softer on us love you hoag says ks girl friday love this community says carrie my favorite start to the morning says becca awesome stuff guys good afternoon everyone and hoag nice to see you all especially you mrs hoag we've exchanged a few tweets over on twitter regarding in recent days you have a gardening friend co-counsel happy face emoji um See here, have you heard of women that try to give birth at Disney parks because they heard their kid would get a free lifetime pass? That sounds like an urban myth, but is that true? Is it true, both in the first instance, that they do give out annual passes to those kids, and is it true that women would try to do that? I have questions. I've never watched Encanto, but I can tell you about most of it because of YouTube and TikTok. Well, you can tell me about most of it, but you can't tell me about Bruno. I can tell you all about She-Hulk because of Twitter and so on. That you get enough of the zeitgeist through osmosis. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Brit, I, you don't have to super chat me anymore, Brit, today. I really, really, really appreciate it. For movies, FOMO does not exist for me. It's not like the 80s when if you were not in theaters, you did not hear the line, No, I am your father. Internet changed all of that with leaks. Uh, it does become a little bit tricky to avoid things uh, if you want to. For instance, the Rings of Power finale came out today. My daughter, my oldest, is really enjoying that series. Uh, and sorry, David, if you're still listening at Prototopics, but I, I am trying to not get the leaks of what happens in the finale while waiting to watch it with my daughter. We'll see how successful I am. Now, as David and I talked about, we don't think they've been very... Um, subtle about what their quote unquote mystery boxes are. Uh, So I doubt that there's a lot to spoil us on from this point in time, but still going to do my best and probably fail at least on the edges. Uh, Everybody else is saying just really nice things about the community. That is super awesome. Oh, sorry. I have to mention this. Maybe I can pull this up. Um, We'll see if I, so co council has actually gone in here uh, to the store and he's updating it without asking me anymore. Uh, so you know, I, I, I've seeded complete control. We already talked about brains. Brains now in a mug, awesome. Also, she wanted me to point this guy out. Um, that gaming dino can now be your coffee filler. Uh, people love gaming dino. You can see gaming dino over my shoulder here. Uh, but gaming dino makes a delightful coffee mug. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, I, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need one of those. Gonna need one of those, honey." Um, and then. Commentaries on Waffle Bear and whatnot. If you didn't see it yesterday, we did have a Waffle Bear debut. Um, we'll see We'll see where, if anywhere, Waffle Bear will ultimately appear. Uh, one thing I did learn, do not feed the pack mentality. Focus on the niceties in life and those we enjoy. Life's too short. Life's too short to be angry and outraged, and especially about things that you may have only limited information on. Um, so, yeah, enjoy each other. Enjoy the community. Enjoy the content. Um, and enjoy reasonable disagreement, right? One thing I wanna make clear here, and I don't think anybody has this particular uh, issue in their understanding, but this is not designed to just be people that need to agree with me on everything. I am a silly person on certain things, especially when it comes to like art where everybody can have their opinion. And so I welcome, I welcome that. That is fun for me to have reasoned discourse. Hey, how did you come to that position? Why Why do you view that differently? Oh, we value this differently. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, And so I see how you got to where you went and you can see how I got here. And now we can understand each other better and we can think more clearly about future issues or even this one that we're talking about right now. That is the fun. That is the growth. That is, that is, that is what it's all about. Sarah H no desire to see any of the new movies, but was a diehard fan of the classics. Thank you. And Mrs. Hoag for a wonderful chat and constructive space. Thank you, Sarah H. I really appreciate it. Jay Jones. I have a friend who goes to Disney at least one time a year to feel close to her daughter who passed. Of course. I'm not sure at what point she'll have to stop, but this makes me so sad for her. Yeah, I, I hope I hope she doesn't get priced out of that for that purpose. Um, yeah, that's the kind of thing you have to think about as well, of course. Uh, all right. Eddie says, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Hoag, for sharing Michigan with me today. My first visit, hearts emojis. We love our state. Welcome to Michigan, everybody. I'm so, so thankful to see you. I'm going to be putting up the placeholder for a very special Lawyers and Dragons tomorrow morning. Uh, so please do check that out. I think you'll be I think you'll be amused when you see the thumbnail. Um and so please do check us out uh tomorrow at uh 10 a.m. on Saturday. That's still tomorrow, right? We've got to we've got through this week. My Bethel Brain is asking me to start a locals page. Please, I will look into the locals and the Odysseys and the Rumbles and things of the world. I currently have, if you don't know, we talk about the Utreon and the Patreon, right? You can support the channel through those platforms, the Utreon has permission and does mirror my YouTube videos. Um, so they, they wouldn't disappear off the face of the planet Earth if something were to happen to me uh, vis-a-vis my relationship with YouTube. Uh, but I can certainly look into having more simultaneous platforms. It just gets tricky with, you know, what our, what our contracts say, what our licenses are between various things. And so I have to check on that kind of stuff. But uh, I appreciate it. Yes, we will try to make sure that we have some kind of defense mechanism uh, against the, the the mercurial YouTube armament that they wield indiscriminately uh, and the algorithms doing things like knocking out people for talking about lawsuits that have subject matter that YouTube doesn't like. Not good, not good, Bob. Uh, but I really appreciate it, everybody. Check us out on Saturday. Like I said, that placeholder will go up today. Thank you so much for the wonderful chat all week, for the great conversations uh, and for just being here at the channel. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I really, really appreciate it. And I will see you hopefully tomorrow. Have a great Friday, guys, and have a great weekend.